This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, guys, as always, for joining me, for making this a part of your morning routines and uh, tuning in. So do drop a like on the video and subscribe for more content surrounding our beloved club as we continue to follow them you know, just unknowingly, unwaveringly, and sometimes stupidly into the darkness of a title challenge. Arsenal, of course, still have a few days until their next game and have been recovering and spending some time chilling out. I think it's going to be a very chilled week, as far as I'm aware. And what I've been told, the players were recovering yesterday. Uh, and of course, we're given a day off on Sunday to kind of just relax, refresh, and uh, and use this week because we've not had a break. And when we do kick off this game against Leicester on Saturday, it begins a period of time of 23 days in which Arsenal will play seven matches. So you're averaging a game nearly three and a bit, three and a third around that. Every three and third days, <laughs> we're going to have a game. It's going to be hectic. The channel's going to be busy. You guys are going to be busy watching, commenting, reacting, and tuning in and, of course, engaging with the content here. So without further ado, let's say good morning to our fantastic guests, who I call our chat box. Uh, Penny Wing, good morning to you. Matt G, uh, Blackshine, Martin, Rich, Morgie, uh, Marcus, Carl, Johnny, Amira, Temi, Dave, Lovemore. Uh, Lovemore, just started already. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm doing my best, mate. Uh, Franklin, Stephen, uh, we've got Mr. SNLO, we've got Josh, we've got uh, Martin, Harrison, DJ D10, and plenty more of you guys as well. Really looking forward to hopefully hearing from some of your thoughts in part two. And when we do that, we'll obviously be going through your comments and your questions. So if you've got those, save them, hold on to them, keep them safe, tuck them away, and then bring them out for part two. For part one, we're going to go through our stories. First of all, Jorginho 
has been talking about his decision to join Arsenal. He says he wanted to progress. I want to progress in my career and the Arsenal project suits me. It's a young team that plays good football and fits my characteristics. It's one of the reasons, surely, when being asked about whether Arteta was behind his move, he called me and it was all very quick. We made the deal in less than 48 hours. I'd spoken to Chelsea and I knew I was no longer part of their plans. And... uh, Thank you, Chelsea, um, because Jorginho has been brilliant for us so far. Best player for Arsenal in our last two games. Of course, with that massive moment against Aston Villa. I was watching back this morning. If you haven't yet watched Bench Cam, you definitely should go and watch it. Um, it's it's absolutely going worth uh, doing. It's brilliant. Um, and I suggest that you are uh, tuning into a lot of the content that Arsenal produce around the games because it's great. I've also seen that videos have now surfaced uh, of the press box incident. Yes, people are tagging me saying they can see me in the video. I'm at the front on that left-hand side. And I did mean what I said, but I I don't see it because I was focusing on the goal and writing all that stuff up. And I don't think you see me turn around in that video clip that's going around at the moment because I'm just focused on it. As I said, I heard a lot of commotion and I kind of turned around after I'd done my stuff and they were still kind of going back and forth a lot of stuff being said in in Spanish but there's plenty of articles out there where you can read uh, some of the information as to what happened um Patrick Vieira has said that the title is Arsenal's to lose he's really putting pressure on Arsenal of course Arsenal will play uh, against Crystal Palace in uh, in their next Premier League fixture uh, in I think it's their fifth game in this is the last one I think before the uh, the break for the international break so uh that pressure is sure to increase. The mind games continuing from Arsenal's former captain as he meets another Arsenal former captain when they play Arteta and Arsenal at the end of March. Hopefully, Gabriel Jesus will be back for that game. We can only keep our fingers crossed that that will be the case. Manu Tavares has also said to be deciding his future in the summer. We await more details on this, but uh, there is a hope that with the likes of Nuno Tavares, having scored now his sixth goal, he scored the third goal in uh, in their last game against Toulouse. It was a 3-2 winner for, uh, for, for Marseille. They're really in a chase this season for the top of the table. They're really trying to push uh, PSG as much as they can. And Tavares, of course, who was... Um, out injured for a little bit. Uh, He got the goal and again has added to that great tally that he's continuing to build up um, this season. And I can't wait to see what happens with him in the summer because I think obviously he's worth significantly more than he was when we let him go on loan. Um, But there is also that fact of, does he get into the team? Does he fit into what Arteta wants to do? I'm not so sure. I'm not sure he can play. Um, But what I do think is obviously we're going to be able to make a profit on what we paid for him as well, which is ultimately what you want to achieve. Now, Kieran Tierney is also said to be deciding his future in the summer. Fabrizio Romano has been talking about uh, Tierney's future. He said Tierney will decide his future at the end of the season. Also, Nuno Tavares on loan is another factor to consider. Arsenal want him to be 100% focused on the second part of the season and they're not in talks with any clubs now. Uh, We talked yesterday about the fact that Newcastle United are said to have an interest in uh in Tierney and that there were there was suggestions that they were rating him around the 30 million pound mark which seems incredibly low um but uh if Arsenal do indeed decide to sell Tierney in the summer uh hopefully we can get a significant fee and a significant profit on what we paid for him back in 2019. Now, Arsenal's final position that they want to try and I say final position because it's just not an area that we've strengthened um since 2021, uh, when we signed Tommy Yasu, 
uh, and Ben White, of course. But two years after that, Arsenal to try and sign a new right back. Edu is said to be looking at potential targets. Ivan Fresneda continues to be one of those positions that are uh, one of those players, sorry, in that position that they are considering attempting to sign in the summer. He has not diminished interest in the young Spaniard that was also attracting serious interest from Newcastle and from Borussia Dortmund. He might get a move elsewhere in the summer. Other teams might prove to be interested in the player, but we'll continue to follow him and maintain uh, a kind of eyeful watch of Fresneda as he continues the rest of the season with Real Valladolid. Um, but right back appears to be an area that Arsenal want to look to strengthen in and try to bring in a different option so that Arteta has more variables to choose from should he move for a player or should he want to change the type of player that he's got in that position? Because at the moment, we've seen Ben White and Tommy Asso obviously interchanging and swapping, um, but it's not necessarily always worked out. Um, and we saw that against Brentford. We saw that against Everton. And we saw that against Man City, where Tommy Asso came on for White or vice versa. And it didn't necessarily work. Against Aston Villa, I thought White was fantastic. I thought Tommy Asso came on and did a good job. But I still think we lack kind of a different style of right-sided fullback um, and that makes sense as to why we're also interested in Fresneda. Now, our headline story uh, is that Arsenal, although seem to be unwilling to break their transfer record for Declan Rice, they are said to be leading the race for him and that the contract situation is said to be uh, something that will allow Arsenal to sign Declan Rice for a much lower figure. According to Footy Insider, they claim that a 70 to £80 million pound price tag is what it will take to get Declan Rice in the summer, which, of course, might be slightly over uh, their record. But if they can get him for around that £70 million price tag, Arsenal would abide by what they want to do, which is not break their transfer record. The wages around the player are said to be in demands of around £200,000 per week, which, to be honest, make a fair amount of sense, considering he'd probably get that from West Ham, if not more, um, if they were to offer him a new deal. Other clubs at Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United, who also would be in the race to potentially sign Declan Rice, would surely be offering wages of around £200,000 per week. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a continued saga, it seems, this one. We'll obviously bring you all the updates and continually bring you all the latest on Declan Rice. But uh, he continues to be Arsenal's priority target for the summer and the player that they are looking to sign as a statement this year. OK, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Okay, uh, let's see uh, what we've got going on in the chat box. I saw a brand new member join us. Bjorn again, 76. Thank you so much, Bjorn, um, for joining up as a brand new member. And welcome to the TGT family. I can already see plenty of you guys welcoming Bjorn into our fantastic crew of listeners and family. And I really appreciate that. So thank you, Bjorn, for helping support the channel. And welcome uh, to the crew. Uh, let's jump into the chat box then and take some of your questions for part two. Uh, Amira says, Jesus is left side bias, which helps the left wing when Zinni inverts. If we keep Kieran Tierney, should we be looking for an inverted fullback like Fresneda for when Eddie plays, who's more right-sided bias for that type of balance? Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I see exactly what you're saying. Um, if you've got Fresneda suits having like a Tierney or a Tommy Asu, I think more so as our left back. I think Tommy Asu makes the more sense if you've got Fresneda there. Um, and then when you've got Zinni, you've got White and Tommy Asu on the right-hand side that can operate to keep the back four in the style that Mikel Arteta wants from his team. 
Uh, whether or not we see that happen is another thing. Whether or not Tierney remains at the club, remember whether or not Eddie remains at the club in this summer remains to be seen. We'll have to see what happens with both of those two. Their futures aren't guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but Gabriel Jesus returning, I think, is obviously going to help Zinni. It's going to help Xhaka. I think Xhaka's really kind of fallen away a bit. And I think his partnership with Jesus was excellent in the spaces in the final thirds. Uh, I think that's not been something that's talk- been talked about all that much, is the how much Xhaka has missed Jesus and his movement and his uh, the opportunity to try and find Jesus as well. They've assisted one another this season already, and I think they've missed out on one another. So, yeah, I think there's an argument that Enketia might benefit more from having Fresneda and that style of right-back than than currently Jesus does. But I don't think we should be reliant upon who the fullback is to get a performance out of our striker. You know, you need to be able to rely on them to do that individually, not just collaboratively. Um, let's go to Matt, who says, do you think the amount of Arsenal are racking up in FA fines is going to impact our summer transfer budget? At this rate, we'll only be able to afford to bring in Yan and Via on loan. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it, how many fines and charges Arsenal are getting. There is said to be an investigation by the FA into the incident in the press box. Um, I weren't involved. <laughs> That's just all I'm saying. Don't come for me, the FA, please. I weren't involved. I was minding my business, getting all my work. <laughs> Don't charge me. I can't afford it like Arsenal. I'd really appreciate it if you didn't do that. Um, let's go to uh, Gavin. He says, Tom, what, do you, what advice do you have for a fan who really wants to see Pep cry? Um, keep your fingers crossed. It's the only advice I have for you. Let's hope that he cries if Man City miss out on the title. Um, <laughs> uh, so Nicholas says, when people say we need to protect Saka, what exactly do they mean? The talk is around the referees, but what can be done really? The refs are going to ref, or do they mean our players need to protect him? Uh, they're talking about uh, punishments for players that are, of course, um, over fouling him. And we need to see kind of stricter things around the fouls that are going on around the player. Sam Dean has done a brilliant article um, for The Telegraph all about this. I'll try and link this into the chat box. But uh, yes, here we go. So let me just link this into the chat box so you guys at your leisure can give that a read. Um, but for The Telegraph, did a piece saying, This Caesar Saka has drawn one booking for every 10 fouls made on him. But he has received one yellow for every 4.8 fouls that he commits. It's not a conspiracy, but it is weird. And the numbers are startling when compared to other forwards. What's going on? And of course, you can read the rest of Sam's piece on The Telegraph with that link. Or you go to his Twitter or just go to The Telegraph to find the article. But that is mad. Saka getting one booking for every 10 fouls on him. And yet he's receiving a yellow card every 4.8 fouls he commits. He's receiving a yellow card at more than twice the rate of those that are fouling him. It's not fair. And that's what we talk about protection. We need to see that number of fouls committed before a yellow card is given brought down. That said, I was listening to Arsenal Vision yesterday and I think that um, I think Tim Stillman made a really good point around the whole... Oh, it might have been Paul, actually. Uh, I think Paul made the good point around this is soft football, in essence. Like, football back in the day as we always say, you know, was a lot more physical, tackles weren't flying in, no yellow cards. This, what we witness these days, is the soft version of football. And yet we're still calling for for greater strictness when it comes to challenges. I think there's certain things that need to be done to protect players. Like if you can, if you can tell that a player's being targeted, like Bernardo Silva took four bad fouls on Saka before was booked. It should have been a minimum two, rather a maximum two, 
at a minimum, the first one could have been a yellow. So I don't really get that. I think players take the opportunity to foul, foul early in the games and kind of kick players early in the games. They know the referee's not really going to book them. And I think that needs to be greater. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, we have a super chat from Kian, uh, who says, do you think Arteta playing with Jorginho and Partey at the same time together? Do I see that happening? No, I don't. I don't see that happening. Uh, I think it's a potential to do it. I think you can move Partey maybe into Xhaka's position. Some people have suggested they'd rather see Jorginho play in Xhaka's position. I wouldn't personally. I think I'd rather see Jorginho sit and the more mobile player play the eight role. Um, but because we're kind of talking about what we have to do to fit both of them in, I don't think we're going to see it. I think you're more likely to see Partey and Jorginho interchange, swap. Uh, one will come on maybe later in the game to add some more stability. And I think it's more likely that Vieira would exchange or Smith-Rowe would exchange with Xhaka over Jorginho or Partey. Uh, Steve says, if we could sign Vlaovic or Ozymen in the summer, who would you suit? Who would suit us best? Uh, Ozymen. I think he's a fantastic striker. Vlaovic. I just don't think. I think he's kind of one of those strikers that, like Haaland is with City, is bottlenecking them a bit. Everything kind of flows through them. I think you need something different. I think Ozzemen is is more more collaborative um, than Vlaovic. Uh, Jason says, do you think that Martinelli showed a lack of respect when scoring his goal against Villa? No. And anyone that does, I just grow up. <laughs> Lynn says, Tom, would you keep Balogun or sell in the summer? Um, I'd keep him. I think three strikers is fine. It would depend on what kind of offers came in, I suppose. If you start getting a ridiculous offer from someone, I, I'm not sure it's, it'd be how hard it would be to turn that down or, or to accept it. It would depend on that. But I'd, I'd like to see him kept. I'd like to see him given an opportunity just to see what he can he can do. Um, Matt says, uh, Matty Gunner says, Gabby Jesus will be hungry when he gets back. Expect him to hype the team up when he returns. Absolutely. I can't wait to see him back. And I think he's going to be a big, big boost to what we want to achieve this season. Uh, Rich says, Tom, do you think Vieira would be the best centre midfielder in the Premier League if he was still playing? Who's most like him? Maybe Casemiro. The thing is, there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, about Vieira's positioning. Like Casemiro is out and out a DM, like plays at the deepest part of the midfield. When we had Vieira, Gilberto Silva was the guy playing the deepest part of the midfield when we were playing in that Invincibles era. And Vieira's position was playing ahead of that deep midfielder in the team. So I don't think Casemiro is the appropriate um, comparison. I don't think there's, I don't think you can make that compare. I don't think you can make any kind of comparison with Vieira. He was such a, he was such a brilliant footballer in his own right that comparing him to any modern day alternative just doesn't really work. Uh, people always said that we needed to sign, we need to replace Vieira, but in essence, we never replaced Gilberto Silva. We never ever got in that DM until we signed Partey. So. Um, there is a lot of misconceptions, I think, and feel around Vieira's best position in the team. Um, <laughs> Sam, you can't help everyone, I'm afraid, in other channels, chat boxes. Uh, Wes says, Re uh, DR, I wonder whelmed the game passes him by when uh, when WH aren't in possession and he's easily by bypassed. Oh, Declan Rice. Sorry, here we go. So Reed, I was thinking, who on earth is DR? But yes, Declan Rice. I'm underwhelmed in the game, passing by when West Ham aren't in possession. And he's so easily bypassed, he looks very one-paced. And he doesn't seem to be uh, what's happening around him. What are your thoughts? I think it's very difficult to look at a West Ham team that are playing awfully and pick up Declan Rice on his own and make a full judgment around his character, around his performance, around who he is as a player, and come to a determining conclusion about him. Because I think you pick him up and you put him into this Arsenal team, and I think he would be brilliant. 
And it's difficult to make those judgments when he's playing in this specific West Ham United team. Can he be bypassed? Yes. Has Partey been bypassed? Yes. DMs can be bypassed. It's not like you have to expect that they're never, ever going to not do that. And if you're another team and you're preparing to face West Ham, you will recognise that their biggest defensive threat, their biggest defensive asset in their team is Declan Rice. And so teams will... Uh, enact ways to try and work around him. Now, you put Declan Rice into Arsenal and you've not got to just worry about Declan Rice. You've got to worry about Partey or you've got to worry about Xhaka. You've got to worry about Zinchenko or Gabriel, Saliba. Why? You've got to worry about the whole rest of that team. Whereas in West Ham, yes, they have some decent players outside of Rice. But teams will be looking at Rice as the standout player that they need to try and remove from the game even when they're attacking or even sometimes when they're defending because Rice does progress the ball well. So I think that that's, it's always going to be difficult, Wes, to, to look at things like that and say it's not going to work for Arsenal because he just gets um, bypassed when playing for, for West Ham. I just think in a different context, a different scenario, things things would be very, very different indeed. I hope that makes sense. Um, let's go to a few more questions this morning. Um, Mark says, if we're talking about Serie A forwards, what about Kovicja Kovacskelia? Uh, yeah, again, I think he'd be mad expensive, but if you can get hold of him, amazing. But I just can't see us doing that, to be honest. I just can't see us having the ability to sign him. Uh, Ali says, do you think the additions of Rice, fingers crossed, would only allow us to fill both Odegaard and Vieira? The Declan Rice position holds the midfield on his own for West Ham, and I think that we really need Vieira's quality in our 11. I think the Vieira will eventually develop into a player that you might see playing a lot more over Xhaka, and that they see him as potentially that Bernardo Silva-esque style midfielder that when he was in his prime at Man City, you saw him playing to the left of De Bruyne. So I think that, yes, there is an argument that you might, we might see that. But you also argue, you can argue that we might see Emil, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe playing that left eight position. I like the idea of playing Odegaard right centre midfield, Smith-Rowe left centre midfield, because I think it gives you the inversion that you don't have in other areas. You find that the Odegaard left-footed pass can be played out to Saka much easier. You can find that the Smith-Rowe right-footed pass can be played to uh, Martinelli much easier. I like that inversion um, of passing, especially when you play with two inverted wingers as well. Uh, and Odegaard's, you know, just his vision is, is unrivaled and Smith Rowe needs to gain that. And he's more direct as well than Odegaard. And, you know, if he was in that chance in the box and Odegaard missed that opportunity, you can be sure that Smith Rowe would have probably buried that. They come with their own strengths and, and drawbacks. But I think that Vieira and Smith Rowe have got a great opportunity to play in that left eight. And if Declan Rice is the guy to pay behind them, it's a great option in the long term moving forwards for me. I'd love to see it. Um, let's go to uh, Big White Clock, uh, who says, uh, Tom, those foul statistics have been the case more or more or less since Wenger. The rest of English football hates us and screws us over at every opportunity. Um, the press, the refs, the pundits. Um, look, the, the foul statistics are what they are. Um, if we highlight them more and we talk about them more, and that is the media that are highlighting that for you. Um, you know, Sam covering Arsenal for The Telegraph is doing it from a journalistic standpoint, um, not from a supporter standpoint, because it doesn't support Arsenal, but when it comes down to looking at those types of roles, I think that articles like what Sands produced are great and certainly provide more context and more education around that. So, yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. And that's the way I perceive it to, to be. Um, Vala says, what's your favourite chance? It continues to be the William Saliba chant continues to be that um so i think that it's just great 
I, I like the Arteta chant as well, but Saliba's chant just I don't think can be beaten. <laughs> Although I tell you, after the game on on Saturday, it was hard not to just love Jorginho's name being sung over and over and over again, uh, which is another song that I like, actually. Uh, Tono says, Hi, Tom. Have not caught the live show in a while. How's it been with your job at Football London? Really like your recent work. Thanks, mate. Uh, it's going really well. Um, it's going, yeah, it's going great. Enjoying going to the games and uh, speaking to the players, speaking to the managers when you get the opportunity. Um, I don't take it for granted ever at all. And I think that uh, I'm in a very, very blessed and fortunate position. And just as, as I always point out, would not be here if it wasn't for you guys listening and tuning in, helping to lift uh, my profile up as much as you have done. And uh, yeah, I hope that I do you guys as proud as I can. Uh, I feel as I feel as though I'm really trying to represent the viewpoints of a lot of people when I talk or whenever I put questions across. I'm trying to ask questions that I think people want to know the answer to. Um, I know I can be better, and I can always be better and improve. But uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's going really, really well. And uh, yeah, I mean, one of the articles the other day, if you saw on my Twitter, uh, got recognised for the November December awards at our company, which was great. It was a piece around Arteta's three years at the club, um, and that was a great honour to to be recognised in that sense as well. So clearly, I'm doing something right, which is which is good. And uh, no, I'm really enjoying it. Thanks for the question. I really appreciate it. Um, Musa says, I'm on holiday in Cyprus. It's half 10. Why are you live? Oh, yeah, I need a coffee. <laughs> it's it's weird when people talk about it. I mean, I'm going to be going to Chicago in April, and there's going to be a lot more information about a show that we're going to be doing out there very soon. So uh, as soon as I have all the details, don't worry, I'll tell you. But I'm kind of going back and forth about what I do with the 8 a.m. show when I'm going to be out there for about six days or so, or seven days, really, um, because... Uh, I could, what I could do is I could do a live show at 8 a.m. in the States. So I could just do it from that. But that would obviously be lunchtime here in the UK. It would be, what, they're six hours behind, I think. So it'd be 2 p.m. Or I pre-record a load of shows like I did when I went on my honeymoon and then release them at 8 a.m. every single day. Um, that's That's what I could do as well. So it might be that I could do both. Who knows? Maybe we do both. Um, but uh, don't worry, there will be daily content. I'm looking forward to going. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be great, and I look forward to seeing plenty of, of people and listeners who are over there in the States that want to come along to our, our show, and as I say, as soon as I uh, have details on what's going to be happening, uh, there's going to be a big event as well that we're being part of, and we'd be very, very grateful to be invited to um, that I'm going to tell you all about when I have all the details of that and uh, and who else is going to be appearing as well, because it's not just me. There's going to be some great guests, um, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's go to uh, scroll up a little bit. Uh, Carl says, I watched you on the Arsenal Lounge last night. Proud with the way that you come across. Also proud to be part of this group. Much more enjoyable than the chat box. <laughs> Look, I, whenever I say and I go onto other people's channels, be it the lounge, be it Harry's, be it judges, be it whoever's, you know, they run their channels in their own way. I run mine in, in, in the way I run mine. And uh, look, some people I, like me, I'm pretty trigger happy with the block button. Other people aren't as trigger happy with the block button. And that's that's up to them. That's how they run things. I think that from my perspective, I think being a bit trigger happy with the block button has actually created a very enjoyable collaborative, friendly, respectable environment. And if I jump into another chat box, often what happens is I see people or I see accounts that aren't 
welcome here anymore because they've abused people, they've abused players, they've abused me, they've abused other people's opinions. They've started throwing out words they think are fine that simply aren't. And look, they're going to be there. And obviously that gives them a dislike towards me, which is fine. I expect that. It's not a surprise. You can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't please everybody um, at all. And uh, it's never going to be able to be that way. But I think that what we've done is that we've created a, a great um, community here, a great, uh, a welcoming place. And I hope that a place where if you put your opinion into the chat box and if it's a respectful opinion and you've explained your points and all of that and you've given us something rather than this guy's trash, this guy's crap, this guy's this, this guy's that, that you're going to get the time of day and that I'm going to respond to it. You know, I've admitted more plenty of times um, that I've been wrong about stuff. And it's all about different types of opinions. I've also had people that have messaged me and said, uh, Tom, you blocked me on the channel. I recognize that what I said was over the top and I shouldn't have said it. And I'm sorry. Can you unblock me? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely no problem. I appreciate the message. So, you know, it's it's as simple as that. It's, it's simple. as that. Always for second chances. That's the way forwards in life. Second chances. Don't cancel people. If you're enabling, if you're unable, if you are able, sorry, to give those second chances, go and do it. So if you listen to this and you can't comment because you said something silly in the past and you got you blocked, send me a message, explain what you did, and I'll be more than happy to unblock you. So there you go. I think I've got more people, more people blocked on Twitter than I've got people following at this point. It's mad. Absolutely mad. Anyway, um, thank you, everybody, everyone, for listening, tuning in, talking, being part of this great channel. I really appreciate it. Do drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed the show. Do subscribe to the channel as well. I'll be live on the Arsenal way at 10 um, and, uh, yeah, bringing you more content on Football.London throughout the day. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.